Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Anna Karathis, and today we'll be talking about sharing your birth story with your child. In this podcast takeover to celebrate Birthful's 100th episode and my birthday, I'm here with my mom, Adriana Lozada, to share my birth story. Mom has been telling me this story ever since I was one. It's a great tradition that has shown me how cool birth can be. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Natural Breastfeeding and their free quick start video. Created by breastfeeding experts Dr. Teresa Nesbitt and Nancy Morbacher. This video will show you what you need to know to get started with natural breastfeeding. Go watch it at naturalbreastfeeding.com. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, mighty mamas and mamas-to-be, and mighty dads and dads-to-be. Uh, hey, that's what I say. Welcome to the show, Mom. <laughs> this is so funny. Thank you, Annika. So, as you can hear, listeners, mighty mamas and dads-to-be, and mo- moms-to-be and dads-to-be, um, we're doing things differently today. This is Birthful's 100th episode, which also happens to land shortly after Annika's birthday. Mm-hmm. And as she mentioned in the intro, we have this tradition where I tell her her birth story on the day she was born. As the years have passed, the telling has evolved to make it age appropriate and you know gotten longer and more detailed. Now, this in itself has helped to normalize birth for her. And not to mention that she's, you know, her mom's a doula, so there's that. She hears birthy things all the time. But recently, I've found out that she started to listen to the podcast on her own accord. I had nothing to do with that. She listened to a few and then came up to say, hey, I'm listening to the podcast. Is that okay? And of course, I was fine with it um, and try not to be too self-conscious of what I say on the podcast, knowing now that my daughter is listening. But really, it's been amazing to see how listening to it has made her much more comfortable with all things pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, all the things. In the birth world, like amongst doulas, when we talk to each other and tell birth educators, We're always saying how it would be great if women would become more comfortable with birth before they're pregnant, like they would learn about birth or see, watch birth, watch breastfeeding as kids, and that that would go a long way towards lessening anxiety and fear towards birth of that unknown because it wouldn't be so unknown. So I feel that this little experiment that has organically happened in our household by Annika listening to the podcast that I do Mm -hmm. like this was not intentional but I think that that's that's kind of working out so what better way to celebrate this hundredth episode and her birthday than sharing our story with you today and as part of the celebration we wanted to give you a party favor of sorts during the rest of the month of March you can get ten dollars off my birth partner's ultimate labor support toolkit which is fabulous made specifically for birth partners um, and you can get that $10 off by going to birthful.com slash toolkit and entering the promo code Annika100 during checkout. So that's Annika, A-N-I-K-A, 100. So Annika and then the number 100 all together with no spaces in between. Yay. All right. Let's get to it. Annika, you're asking the questions today. So where do we start? Let's do it. 
So, uh, well, I know my birth story, but I don't know that much about how you prepared for it. So I have a few questions about that. Mm-hmm. What questions do you have? So, for example, during pregnancy, were you worried about anything? Did you have any fears? Yeah, so I was kind of worried about the unknown and not knowing how much it was going to hurt and and mm-hmm. what how long it was going to take and just how it was going to go down. It was just this big unknown that mm-hmm. we just had to get through. That's what it felt like. So that that was I wasn't so much worried as just wanting to get it over with, I think. Mm-hmm. Did you have any plans on how you wanted to, the birth to go? Like, did you want to be in the water or what position did you want to be in? Mm-hmm. So we didn't have specifics of positioning and whether we'd use the tub or water mm-hmm. or what. But we did have a birth plan. We'd create a birth plan and use that as, you know, as a great communication tool to Mm-hmm. Uh, with our care providers to just go over it and see what was possible and what was not. And mm-hmm. then, you know, like in that sense, it was great. And I think it was more for us that afterwards when we went over it, like mm-hmm. it was interesting in that everything that was pretty much everything that was on my birth plan mm. came true. So on paper, it looked like, yeah, great. Everything went great. Mm-hmm. But the actual experience was, I got to say, it was different than, I didn't feel so great after it, like I <laughs> thought I would, you know. So it was kind of lonely and miserable. And and, mm-hmm. and that was a, a big realization. It has a lot to do of as to why I'm, I'm a doula today mm-hmm. and I do all these birthy things that I do. Uh, did you have any helpers, like a doula or a midwife? So we did not have a doula, and that was definitely something that we regret, highly regret. Um, your dad thought that she would. We didn't know very much about what a doula did. So mm-hmm. he he was under the impression that she would take his place, and he wanted to be main support. Mm. Now, of course, we know that that is totally ridiculous, mm-hmm. and that it should have been, we should have had a doula. Um, <laughs> instead, we also had... My mom was in the room, and mm-hmm. um, and my sister was in the room Tiana. too. Yeah, Tiana. Yay. And and I think having my mom in the room was also kind of hard because mm-hmm. she Weird. was. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. She was having a hard time, as which is totally normal, having a hard time seeing her child in pain. Yeah. Right. And the way she gave birth back in when I was born mm-hmm. um, was a very different birth way of birthing. So mm-hmm. in terms of what helps the process of birth and, and how to best help me get through it, she didn't really have those tools. That's where a doula would yeah. have come in. Great, right? Mm-hmm. So at some points I even felt that I had to – at one point I was worried about her mm-hmm. being – stuff you know like go having to watch this so yeah, which wasn't you need helping. to focus on what you're doing right so that wasn't very helpful um mm-hmm. even though I was happy that she was there I think maybe I would reconsider if I had to do it again mm-hmm. do you think that if you had known more about birth before I was born would you have done anything differently like changed anything oh wait wait I remembered another thing I didn't oh, okay. I mentioned it yeah. at the beginning 
that I did, you asked about helpers. I had didn't have a doula, but we did have a midwife. Oh, yeah, um, a midwife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that Yay. was definitely, a, I'm so glad we had a midwife because mm-hmm. that meant that she was just giving us all the time we needed. So that was beautiful. Yeah. Um, what was your next question? Uh, do you think that if you had known more about birth before I was born, would you have done anything differently? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I think we definitely would have had a doula. Yay, um, I, yeah, I think we would have, well, and people will hear when we get into the story mm-hmm. more about the details, but we went into the hospital first because um, I had a non-stress test scheduled for that morning mm-hmm. and I was in labor, but it was early labor. So they had me go in mm-hmm. anyway. I may, I might've not done that. I might've just stayed home mm-hmm. um, because that was a little disruptive to the process. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I, you know, hired a doula and mm-hmm. then <laughs> <laughs> keep going back to the doula. Yeah. Um, Doulas are very important. <laughs> Very important um, because I had back labor, and, yeah. and we'll get we'll get into it in the story. Wait, but, you were on um, your back? Dun dun dun! I was not on my back. Oh, okay, I had okay, back okay, labor, good, good, so good, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. All right. <clears throat> um, so, I I think so. And if I were giving birth today, mm-hmm. I might even like switch it up and do a home birth instead. I don't know. Yeah, home birth. <laughs> <laughs> so. You're so funny. Thank um, you. I yeah. Cry. Oh, what uh, what other questions do you have? Well, actually, I'm I'm all out of questions. So let's get to the birth story. All right, let's let's let's. <laughs> uh, you start. What do you know? Um, well, I don't remember that much. The only thing that I remember because it was a year ago that you told me last. But the one thing I remember very strongly that I always remember is when. My grandma, Tita, was making soup, and you felt really nauseous, and that was the day of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you don't, we haven't told you this in, in a mm-hmm. year, because it's now coming your birthday. So, do you want me to just jump in and tell it? Uh, and then you can ask me questions and stop, like, through as we go? Sure, yeah. Yeah. So... It all started. No, I, it, the day before your birthday, um, at 4 a.m., I mm-hmm. started feeling some contractions. Mm-hmm. And it was actually quite a nice, it was kind of my secret at that point because dad was asleep. Mm-hmm. And I was in bed and I was feeling these contractions and they, little cramps and they would come and come again. Mm-hmm. And it was all, everybody was asleep. It was all quiet. And it just felt really... Yeah, like it was just you and me, right? Of mm-hmm. our secret of, oh my goodness, this is Shh, it. It's going to be the day. Yeah, it's going to be today. Um, then, after a bit, I woke your dad up and I said, you know, contractions have been coming and I think this is it. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to figure out if we should call the midwife or not because to cancel this, t- the, I had a non stress test mm-hmm. scheduled for that morning um, mm-hmm. because you were 41 weeks. You were one week past your due date. And it's, it's, you know, that's kind of the thing you do. You go in to make sure baby's doing okay and on stress test and do a little ultrasound to check the amniotic fluid levels and all that. See if everything's like the placenta still doing its job. 
So we were scheduled for that that day. And around 8 a.m., we called the midwife and said, hey, you know, I'm in labor. Should we do this? But because it was early labor, she said, yes, come in anyway. And so that if labor stops, we still have the information from the non-stress test. And that's what I was saying before that. Hmm, maybe I wouldn't have would not have done that. Maybe I would have said, you know, mm-hmm. what? Um, I think actually I'm just going to. I'm just going to stay home because that was kind of disruptive of the process. I was in early labor and we had to go to the hospital, do this test. They could see the contractions and the hospital was packed. It was full. There were tons of moms having babies. So after the non-stress test, usually what would happen is, you know, the, the midwife would come to me and come talk to me and say, you know, tell me what she thought about it. But because she was so full, she couldn't do that. So they said, why don't you, you know, can you guys come back in a little bit? And so then we went Mm -hmm. for breakfast um, with, you know, like everybody, Tita and Diana. And so my mom and and my sister and uh, your dad. And we all went to Highland Park Diner and had some amazing breakfast. I like would stuff my face with eggs and all kinds of good food. Mm. Um, And then we went back to the hospital still. And I think, at that point, they weren't quite understanding what was going on because I was there just to talk to the midwife for the non-stress test. But I think they thought, and I said, you know, I'm in labor, but and so they just thought I was in labor and they put me into triage mm-hmm. to check What's me. triage? Yeah, great question. So triage is this place where when you first got to the hospital, they um, sort of assess how far along you are. And if you're in early labor not in active labor, then they send you home or they say, walk around for about an hour and then come back and we'll check you again and see if there's progress being made. Because sometimes birth can take a bit to start. And in that process, it can be days um, of like, you know, different levels of uncomfortableness, but you're not like in active labor. So they check me and I think I was two which, of course, was extremely disappointing because I had, had been having contractions since 4 in the morning, and it was, it was painful. Now, the thing is, you were posterior. I was having back labor. So the sensation on my tailbone was there the whole time with or without contractions. It was uncomfortable. Um, and that's where having a doula would have been helpful because she would have said how about try this position or what so when we got back home they said yes you're two you're not in labor go home and I'm like duh I didn't want to do any of this of course I'm going home so that was disruptive right and then when we got home that's when your grandma started making that soup and it was this traditional because we had scheduled we had uh we were supposed to have people over for dinner that night um and so she said, fine, I'll make the soup because you're having people over for dinner. And it was this chicken soup that then the whole house smelled of this chicken soup, which was, it was making me nauseous. And it was tough because I couldn't, you know, it was done. I couldn't say, <laughs> it stinks in here, I don't want it. Um, but also, it was so uncomfortable on my back. What I chose to do, and here's again, what what not to do during labor. I had back pain so I just sat on the top of the stairs the whole time Mm. kind of in a in a squatting position I just sat there um which is not what you're supposed to do right you're supposed to move you're supposed to 
to hands and knees or something to try to get alleviate the the back pain. And the whole time your dad was pressing into my back and taking turns with my aunt, with my aunt, with your aunt, with my sister doing that. But I did. I labored for hours on end just sitting on the top of that stairs. Um, And then I don't remember anything but that for the rest of the day. I don't remember what else we did. Uh, Then I and, and your dad was timing the contractions. And then it got to a point where they were. Coming every five minutes, lasting mm-hmm. a, a minute or longer, and it had been happening for an hour, so we went into the hospital. By that time, it was 7 p.m. So we'd been kind of doing that all day. Um, and when I got to the hospital and they checked me, I was, I want to say I was six. No. Five or six. So anyways, active labor. Um and they said, yes, we'll keep you. And um, finally. then, yay, finally. Right. And I was uh, strep B positive, which is a, a type of bacteria that just, ever, you know, you usually have it and it flares up and it goes away. And then if it's, but if they test it positive during the end of pregnancy, it means that for birth you get antibiotics or that tends to be the the how it's uh, addressed so at that point I did get the antibiotics and that was also kind of annoying it was just all these kinds of annoying disturbances because it took for it hurt in in dripping down my arm or into my arm Mm -hmm. and that took about an hour to happen and I am in labor right so I was annoyed and I just wanted this thing to be done um, and it took forever. So finally it's done and I am getting more into active labor. And at one point we, tr- and I threw up and I was in the bathroom and like all the things were happening and it was just really uncomfortable and tired and grouchy and grumpy. And so we tried the tub and the tub kept draining. So that was not helpful. And it was, I'm, as you know, I am not that tall. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're taller than me right now so the tub um was too big I kept sliding down I couldn't get comfortable there um I just couldn't get comfortable so I I wasn't in the tub for very long and and you know how lots of people say oh water birth it's great or or being in the tub it's great it really can make it feel fantastic yeah so usually people love it I didn't um so there goes to say you know you, at birth you just try stuff so I got out and then we had this little stool that we had brought from home for me to like sort of squat on. Which um, one? But that we don't have it anymore. Oh, okay. Um, to squat so that my like my bottom would be supported, but mm-hmm. but I could still just squat. It was really soft, um, cushiony, and so I was sitting on there. And then the midwife comes in, and I remember this is like it was close to ten, eleven p.m. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So not that long after we'd gotten in. Right. And um, she she says, let me check you. I think, you know, let me check you, see where you're at. And I was like, no, I don't want to be checked. Just leave me alone. (laughs) And and she goes, no, let me check you. I think I think you're going to like what you hear. So if you you know, would you be okay with that? I'm like, fine. Just check me bad. (laughs) And then she checks me and she says, you're nine. 
Mm. And right now you know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. I was nine, but because I was also in transition in that deep labor state that you say things that you don't quite mean. And, and, and and it's kind of like that feeling of when you first wake up and you're still kind of sleepy and you say things that don't make sense. Mm -hmm. I said with like, I was so serious about this. She says, you're nine. And I was all serious. I say, I said to her, I thought you were going to say 11. (laughs) Annika, is there an 11? No, there is no 11. You can only go to 10. Exactly. (laughs) And I said, I thought you were going to say 11. And she heard and she laughed. And like the nurse and everybody in the room laughed because they understood. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's the appropriate response to laugh. And then I kind of heard myself what I had said and and then join in laughing because I realized, yeah, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And that was key. And it was like, you know, how birth can change in an instant because I was so miserable and like just grumpy and just like, Ugh, I'm tired of this. And then that laughter lightened up the mood, lightened up the room. Mm-hmm. I stood up and I got into the bed and I like... Just like that, I felt the urge to bush. All right, Mom. So this is about halfway, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a second. Hey, Mighty Mama. Have you checked out Natural Breastfeeding's Quick Start video yet? No? Then what are you waiting for? Here are three reasons why you need to watch it. First, it was created by world-renowned breastfeeding experts Dr. Teresa Nesbitt and Nancy Moorbacher, two ladies that I truly admire, whom you may also remember from past podcast episodes. Second, I know that natural breastfeeding works since this is exactly what I teach my doula clients to get breastfeeding off to a fabulous start. And third, it's free. The quick start video is 38 minutes of solid information that will show you the simplest way to help a newborn latch, as well as the best way to produce enough milk for your baby and they are not going to ask you to buy any additional stuff at the end so if you're planning on breastfeeding or got started recently then you need to watch it simply go to naturalbreastfeeding.com to learn more okay so we're back so you were right going to the bed and you felt the urge to start pushing Mm mm-hmm that's right. And so it feels like that is a very particular feeling because up to then, it's more of tolerating contractions in my mind, right? That's what it felt like. It was, I couldn't do anything. And then, so, you know, just waiting for things to open up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to your original questions of like how I would have done things differently, I would even approach that differently now. I would have been you know, ideally now I would be dancing or I would have some, some drumming in the background and would be just like <laughs> trance drumming to that. No, absolutely. Because it's yeah. about getting into that enjoy, trying to enjoy birth, trying to enjoy the process instead of fighting it. And I think that's what mm-hmm. was it. I was resisting it a lot. I was resisting the sensations. I was just struggling through it instead of embracing it. So then I was like, Oh, this feels different. You know, when I got in the bed mm-hmm. and what it feels like is because up to now it was the uterus was opening up and now it had switched to pushing down and it feels you know you're gonna hate this but 
when you're throwing up and you have nothing left to, I know you don't yeah. like throwing up, when you have nothing left to throw up and you feel this big involuntary movement of your body just contracting yeah. to expel mm-hmm. stuff, right? So it feels just like that, like a big involuntary movement that you can't control, but like down. Mm. Mm. So that's what it felt to me. It felt like that I was throwing up. Throwing down out my vagina or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so it was this like huge sensation that was completely different. I was like, "Wow, this is intense!" Like, but it felt good. It was like different, intense, right? And mm-hmm. there was a, a more connection with my body. And then I started pushing, and that got to a point where. I pushed for, in my mind, a long time. It was like an hour and a half, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty standard for first-time moms. But I think if I would have not been on the bed and like I was on my, I wasn't on my back, but I was on my side and I was being told, oh. grab your legs and do that. Like now, that's another thing that I would do differently now. I would just try other positions, do hands and knees or do like kneel on one, just kneeling on one leg, um, which can bring gravity and be super powerful in that sense. But I remember it got to a point where it shifted and it wasn't so much my body doing the pushing. I had sort of lost that hormonal flow and it was, I was more Mm. in my thinking brain rather than in my primal brain. Okay, mm-hmm. like that big sensation of, oh, I'm throwing up, but down. That was definitely primal brain. Okay. But now I got to, like, after about an hour or so, it got to a point where I re- literally, I, I looked up and I tell, I said to the midwife, what do I do? I don't, like, I didn't know what to do anymore. And that mm. was the thing. Before that, it was all instinctual. It was all my body doing it. But that, But somehow I got brought out into my thinking brain I think and then I was trying to figure out how to push and she's like no you just keep pushing and and it was the idea was that you were not quite in the position to rotate past um the pubic bone and it was just taking a long time to just descend whatever Mm -hmm. um but and this is the coolest part I have can't believe I almost left left this out because this is one of my favorite parts of the birth is up till then my water had not broken. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is my favorite part too. <laughs> it had not broken. So um the because your head was was you know very far low in the pelvis and coming mm-hmm. down and crown is starting to crown there was like a water balloon. The, the amniotic sac was forming a water balloon in front of your head that with <laughs> each contraction, it would like, you know, stretch into this tight water balloon. And in fact, the midwife had put on her clothes and she had even a face guard, like a splash guard. <laughs> <laughs> and she was sitting off to the side. Um, and sure enough, at one point, like the the water broke and it sounded just like it was... <laughs> just like if you popped a water balloon and it has that sh- of water spray yeah. and and the water pretty much sprayed like almost to the wall to the other <laughs> um so yeah so then after that you know I had to do more pushing and I wasn't I would have moved around a lot more now I know that oof, that would have made a huge difference but that was something I didn't know I didn't think that you could change positions while pushing that 
somehow that's not what we're used to seeing in movies and stuff. And that wasn't in my brain. Um, but in movies, they're also on their back. So. Yeah. And it's all like not. Yeah. It, and it's all dramatic instead of mm-hmm. hours and hours of the same. <laughs> which birth can, can be. Um, so. Right. So at one point I had to. Like really, and this whole time I was being very loud. I was vocalizing intensely. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh with each contraction. I was super loud, um, which a friend I, I, I saw Leslie Everest posted recently about how birth is wild. And and that's a good thing. Like let birth be wild instead of trying to make it gentle or softer. It's very powerful. So mm-hmm. if you need to make loud noises and uh, do that, do whatever you need. So I was doing that at least. Um, and I remember at some point the, the, somebody said, I think it was the midwife said, get angry and push. And I didn't like the thought of having to get angry and push, but <laughs> right. But I understood the sentiment behind of it of like give it your all so I kind of at one point I was like okay now you have I was pissed I was like you have to get out like (laughs) get out baby rude (laughs) and oh but uh, it was kind of rude at that point right (laughs) I was like and um and really just gave it all and then and then you were born and yay and you came up to my chest and and there you were all your and you weren't that big but (laughs) I'm not that big we established but you were six pounds seven ounces Mm -hmm. um so not massive baby it's just that you were in that weird position um you were posterior the whole time and messing with my back child Mm -hmm. So bad. I didn't mean to. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Um, And yeah, but because your the water hadn't broken until so late, your head was not a cone head. It was there was water cushion all the way, so your head was so round, Mm. which was you wouldn't expect it from a baby that was posterior the whole time. But yeah. Mm. So I have a question. A quick question for you. So I remember that I was flipped. I my feet were. my feet, my feet were ah. out, so you might want to tell that part of the yeah. story. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that what that is is um, for the longest time you were breech, mm-hmm. you were breech up until well, you know, forever, and then at week because you weren't changing as weeks went by, um, at week thirty six or thirty seven, the it was suggested that I go for an external version. And breach is that instead of your head facing down is your feet or mm-hmm. your butt facing down. Depends on there's different types of breach. But you had like your butt was in, instead of down instead of the head. Don't bring and your butt into this. Well, and your legs were up, up by <laughs> your head. You were like in an L shape. Um, so they did a manual version and at around 36 weeks. And the funny thing is. The doctor, they do it very controlled. Like there is uh, the ultrasound, paying attention to your heartbeat and making sure you're non, not stressed and everything's good. And then the doctors find the head, find the butt and then hold on to it. And then from the outside, right, mm-hmm. twist, rotate to try to get the head to go where the butt was and the, and the other way around. Um, and they did that. And they went first to the right and you did a 360. <laughs> 
And so the doctor goes, oh, I've never seen that before. Of course he hadn't. <laughs> and <laughs> so you're special. And so once your heartbeat calmed down and everything was good again, um, because all that movement tends to get, it's normal for heartbeats to go up. Yeah. So uh, then they grabbed your head and your butt again and then went the other way. They went left and they got you to rotate and you stayed. And Yay. that was it. It worked. It was, to me, it didn't feel that intense. It was, it was just mm-hmm. a lot of pressure. It was not painful, but I think it was also that you weren't that, but you were long, but you weren't that big. Yeah. And it was early on because it was 36 ish weeks, 37 okay. weeks. Um, and so, and, and they didn't wrap my belly or anything. You stayed like that head down until 41 weeks and then you were born. Okay. So there's one more thing we have to oh. say that we mm-hmm. haven't said that kind of makes it that I think it makes me think of that longish labor as more tolerable <laughs> is the fact that you were born at 12.55 a.m. Mm-hmm. on our anniversary. Yeah, I waited until your anniversary to come out. Yeah, so if you weren't posterior, what if like if it would have somehow been the day before? Because contractions started at four in the morning, right? Yeah. So if you had would have been born that day, it would have been the day before our anniversary, not on our anniversary, which makes it you know <laughs> a little more special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that is your birth story, child. That's how you were born. And mm-hmm. you were so cute and started, you know, we're up at the breast and started breastfeeding and trying right away. And, and yeah, you, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you some questions now that, you know, we turned the story. Okay. And let's get back to this thing of you've been listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think you've listened to pretty much all of them, including the birth stories. Yeah, I went back and listened from the first episode. I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> my biggest fan. Yeah. I'm your biggest fan. Oh. Yeah. Um, but so my question is, what was your opinion of birth before you started listening to the podcast? Well, that was like, what, a year ago, year and a half ago? don't exactly remember. But my opinion was... It's it's cool. Like it's the way that new people. It's like the way people are made. But it it seemed really painful and very weird. Like different. And I wasn't really okay. Like I f- it felt really weird just to hear about it and talk about it. But it was cool, but weird at the same time. And I'm not sure uh-huh. weird is the right word for it. But, yeah. Was it unknown or was it? Yeah, it was It was different. And okay. it, it sounded like it was painful. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel about birth and, and having a baby and, and, you know, life with, I guess, 
breastfeeding and postpartum and all that. How do you feel about that now that you've listened to the podcast? Now that I know more about it and we've talked about it more and I've listened to the podcast, it's it's cool. It's a way of bringing life, like I said, and it it's all very normal and it happens and it's cool because with that your body it's not that you have to learn uh, to do it it's your body already knows how to do it and you don't have to think about it it just happens which that's really cool Mm. and you were saying that some of your favorite episodes were the birth stories what do you like about that I like about them because they're they because most of the episodes are you learning and like which is which is all f- so super cool but for the summer you change it so that you hear stories and you learn about what other people went through and what like you can do instead of just hearing like this is cool this is cool this is cool it's more like this is the way it happened to me it's like it's hard to explain but i think it's just cooler when you get to hear what happened to the person and that's just my opinion Mm -hmm. do you think do you still think birth can be painful it can be but i think that it it can also not be it it shouldn't be painful unless like because you can get your you could get tears and you could get a c-section which obviously that doesn't hurt because you have medications and painkillers and whatever they use but it it doesn't seem as painful now that i know more about it Mm. do you think you would be it's less scary the pain because it's still pain it can be painful and intense Mm -hmm. yeah but do you think you have ways of like going up and meeting that pain yeah (laughs) Yeah, is that what's making it better yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um oh another thing i wanted to know is what's your favorite episode well that is very hard i I, there's a lot that are really good but there's one that i i don't remember the name of it but it was because i always listen i download them and i listen to them when i'm at my grandparents uh before i go to bed so there was one where you went to the break and i got really mad at you because it was coming to a really good part and i think that one was my favorite and like i said i I can't remember what it was was it a birth story yeah it was a it was a birth story (laughs) um (laughs) but there's been a lot that i really like and Again, they're mainly the birth stories, but I think they're all really good and they're all awesome. Mm. Well, thank you, Annika, for listening to all those stories and for yeah. doing that on your own. And, and you know, this is this mm-hmm. has been fun doing this episode with you. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> for talking... coming on the podcast, Mom. <laughs> Thanks for taking over the show for today. No problem. It's been fun. So, Mighty Mamas, we love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts, and if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Go to birthful.com where you can learn more about me, the show, Patreon member benefits, send me messages, and more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at birthful, so come say hi. 
And if you're pregnant, don't forget to grab my Birth Partners Ultimate Labor Support Toolkit at birthful.com slash toolkit. This episode was produced by me and Annika and made possible by you, the Birthful Patreon supporters, and by the wonderful people at naturalbreastfeeding.com. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. I'm Annika Rathis. And I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Mighty One. Did you know that if you started listening to one birthful episode per day at the start of your pregnancy, your baby would be about three months old before you got through all of them? That is so much birthful. So to ease us into the summer and to help you catch up on your listening, we're going back to releasing one episode per week instead of two. Now you know.